always great for Adam to be back in Ilton. Um, he's uh, a bit poorly. I mean, the uh, British weather isn't doing him too well. Um, it's nice and sunny, isn't it, down in South Africa? Mid-30s, yeah. Mid-30s, oh, bless his cotton socks, literally. <laughs> Let's pray for him. Father, we just thank you for this man. We thank you for all that you're doing in his life, all that we are able to participate, maybe mainly through prayer and through um, support. But, Lord, we thank you that while he's here with us, we get to enjoy um, just hearing what you're, you have to say through him this morning. And we want to be attentive to your word, Lord, believing that your word can transform our lives. So, Lord, we have open ears and open hearts to you this morning and an open heart to Adam as well. So we pray you bless him as well in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Great to be uh, back here in Eltham. Um, it was nearly a year ago uh, that I was here last with my wife. Um, and it's great, but it's also a little bit sad because I'm here alone you know, last time I was boasting how great it was to be here not alone, and you know, I'm now I'm back alone. Um, it's just because um, she's busy working, uh, and um, I had to come uh, firstly for my nan's funeral, um, and then also to sort out a new, a new visa. Um, I can now get a spousal visa, uh, which means I've got a little bit more of a foot in the country if they give it to me, um, so they can't kick me out too easily. Um, but yeah, but we're not sure how long I'm going to be here uh, arranging that. Uh, I kind of came early with the hope that I could get it all done uh, and then get back home. And then I realized that the, the earliest appointment I could even get with the embassy was the 10th of December. Um, and then it can take 30 to 40 days uh, to process. Um, so she's loving it out there at the moment without me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so please keep us both uh, in your prayers. Um, it's obviously not nice uh, to be away from each other like that for so long. Um, but I was encouraged just the other day, you know, we were speaking and, and she said, you know, we, it would be easy just to, to put our heads down and, and miss what God's going to do through this moment. So let's just keep our eyes fixed on him um, and, and that, that we really get what God's doing in this moment and we don't miss it. And I thought, oh, that's my wife. <laughs> so spiritual, um, but she's right, um, so please just pray that, that we don't miss um, what God is doing. I can't work out if I'm cold or hot, I'm so confused right now, um, um, but let me just give you an update, she's, she's very well, uh, I was trying to look for a picture, but she always makes me look so bad, so I just thought, no, let me not do it, um, so she's doing very well, work as well, and, and she's just serving brilliantly in church. In fact, today, um, our church in Tembisa in, in Johannesburg is having a Together Sunday. Uh, I think that you know that we planted a, a new site out of our church into another area of the township earlier this year. Uh, and so today's the first Sunday where we're coming back together just to celebrate all that God's doing. And, and I saw a message that she sent me around uh, like half four, I think it was, in the morning. Uh, she's already up early, getting everything ready uh, for that celebration. Um, so she's, she's just doing brilliantly, serving, serving God there. Um, and and I just, uh, I'm just going to just boast a bit more of my wife right now. Um, she's, you know, um, the culture in Johannesburg in South Africa is if you've got money, then, then everybody knows you've got money. It's big cars. Like when I drove into into Johannesburg from Cape Town 
when I moved there. By the, I hadn't even parked and I realized I needed a new car. Uh, it's that bad, like the cars are so nice, the houses are so nice. If you've got it, then you flaunt it. If you don't have it, then you, you don't have it. Um, and, and many of her friends, um, they, they post pictures of themselves uh, on holiday in these amazing places uh, where it looks like it's something out of a, a catalog. Uh, and, and my wife said to me, we haven't been on holiday this year, and she said, let's go, let's go to Kenya. Uh, to, uh, to, to serve at an orphanage um, in December. Uh, Phil and Michelle Watson uh, are going out there on a missions trip. And I just thought, ah, oh, that's my wife. I love her so much. It was her passion for Jesus that attracted me to her in the first place. Uh, and, and, and when I hear her say things like that, it just makes my heart so happy. That's, that's our plan, uh, that we go out to uh, Kenya at, at the end of December into January. So... It might be her on her own um, if this visa thing doesn't kind of do a, do a quick one. Um, so please uh, keep that in your prayers. It'd be great to be there together and obviously to join Phil and Michelle as well. Um, yeah, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> but um, one of the reasons I can confidently say that it's great to be back in Eltham is that it's, uh, it's just great to be, like um, Debbie was just saying, now it's great to be part of this family. Um, and for Mulera and myself, um, in, in the environment that we're in, you're often giving, giving, giving of yourself, and there's very little that comes back to you. Uh, and so being back at Eltham is just so refreshing for us both, because we're back in a community that's just saying, hey, how can we love you? How can we love you? You know, you know getting phone calls, phone calls this week from people saying, can we catch up? And it's not because they just want to suck the life out of me, uh, but it's because they just want to care and love for me. So it's, it's so refreshing. And Wulewa loved being here last Christmas. I mean, she, she, I, mean I know you like her better than me already, but um, <laughs> she, um, she was like, I just don't think she'd experienced community and family like this ever before. Uh, and, and, and so that's why it's just great to be here as well, because it is refreshing to be back in this community uh, and so just thanks to all those that uh, send their love to me um, through this week, and it's just, it's just brilliant. Uh, and lastly, just on a personal note, before I get into what I feel God has put on my, my heart for us as a church this morning, um, I don't know if you know, but it was actually nearly 13 years ago that I stood on this stage and you as a church sent me out to go and take the gospel outside of Eltham. Um, yeah, it's a long time. Um, Got a bit chubbier, <laughs> got a lot more grey <laughs> and ginger. Um, that's what happens on the mission field. Um, but um, but it's been a long time, uh, and so for for a while I've been thinking about this, and some people have spoken this into me uh, advice that that at the start of next year that I take a sabbatical, uh, and that's uh, a time if you don't know, just to take some time out, just to. Uh, reflect. Uh, so I'll be taking a few months just to reflect, you know, what God's been, what's God done these last 13 years? Um, how has he actually used me? Uh, it's also a time of just refreshing uh, and rest. Um, there's this thing called rest. Um, John always said that we should work out of rest, not work after rest. No? That's the one. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that time of just refreshing. Uh, and, I, and I would ask again that you just pray uh, for us. You know, Mulewa and I both have like an apostolic gift in where we, we want to start new things. 
Um, we want to we wanna birth new things. Um, and so we're both praying into um, wondering if, if God has something new for us, that something new to get involved with and birth something new. So that's, that's one of the things that I'll be praying for during that sabbatical time. So please, please, why don't you just keep us uh, in prayer. Amen? Amen. Cool, enough of that. Let's get into the Word. Amen. Um, uh, open your Bibles, please, uh, to Matthew 19. I think it, oh, I'm in control, aren't I? <laughs> Dave said, do you want to be in control? And I was like, whoa, that's pressure. Um, I've, 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 I've titled the message today, Follow Me. Um, no, turn it, you did tell me to turn it on. Oh, yeah, I'm pressing the wrong button as well. That doesn't help. Well, that's a bit unclear. Um, we're just going to read a story. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to do today, church, I'm going to just share on what I feel God, he's put two, two things really in my heart for, for us as a church today. Um, and, I, and, th- and through that, I'm just going to share a bit of a testimony as well, a bit of my story. And I, and I, and I hope and pray that it's going to encourage us this morning. Um, Let's read this one together, Matthew 19, 16 to 22. I'm used to someone interpreting for me, and I'm used to someone reading in Zulu or Hosa, so uh, this, is, this is fun, it's different. Um, and behold, a man came up to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Good question. And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Amen. My first point today Sell everything, follow him. Say yes to Jesus is the first point. Say yes to Jesus. You know, uh, I left school at the age of, of 16 years of age. Um, do you still do that now? Um, the, the, do, you, do you know the highest GCSE I had uh, was a D? Amen. Amen. It was a D in physical education as well. So it wasn't even a D in history or something. A D in PE. Um, that kind of gives you an idea of my school life. And after the D went to the other ones, the E's and the G's, um, there was no way after leaving school at the age of 16 that I was going to enter the educated world. Um, I remember, did anyone else do this? Sam, you're, no, you're maybe a bit younger than me. Um, but when in school, what we did before we left, we wrote some information on a piece of card um, and, and we, wrote, we wrote down things like work experience. Uh, and I'd had two weeks work experience as a gardener. 
uh, and then I think this thing just got popped in the machine. Uh, I, I don't know, I, that's what I just guessed. Uh, and then it popped out an answer that, that, that this is your career. And of course it said I should become a gardener. Um, most, most people were told they should join the army in my class. Um, so I was quite happy I didn't get that. Um, but it, so that's what I did, I became a gardener. I went to Mottingham, uh, had a horticultural college. Um, you've probably never seen it, because it's in the corner there. Uh, I went there one day a week, and then I worked for a gardening company the rest of the time. Uh, and I loved it, it was great. I enjoyed it, worked there for like a few years. Then after that, um, I decided getting muddy was boring, and uh, I decided, let me, let me take a year out and come and work for the church. Um, and then after a year out there, I decided, you know, no, I don't fancy going back to the mud. Let me do something different. So my brother uh, suggested that I get a job for a company called Williams Lee. Uh, and Williams Lee did stuff with post rooms. Okay, so then I worked in post rooms within banks uh, and financial uh, buildings. And I, and I worked hard uh, in these post rooms. Uh, in fact, let me boast a little bit, because the Bible says you should do that. Um, um, I worked in uh, a post room for a company called Egg. Does anyone remember Egg credit cards? It was like, what was it, the guinea pigs that on their adverts? Was it like a gerbil or something? I remember one time, hamster. Yeah, I remember one time that the hamster uniform came to the office, and I was like, that's it. And I got into this hamster uniform, and I was running around London with my, as a... <laughs> As a hamster, that freaks people out, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, I worked really hard, and at one point, I even got an award for the best post room in London uh, for, for within Williams Lee. Um, and, you know, I was working hard, and I was working hard, and then this opportunity came after, like, six years working there in that post room uh, to, to apply for a job directly working for the bank. Uh, and so, like, I went for this interview. Maybe it wasn't the best of interviews, I remember one saying, do you know when like, they ask you what qualifications have you got? And then you don't have any, so you like, start making stuff up. And then, <laughs> and then she's like, is that it? I was like, I was quite young and confident back in those days. I said, I'm quite good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was struggling, guys. I had nothing. I had a D. The D wasn't going to do anything. You know. Anyway, HR said, this guy's not qualified. You can't give him the role. Year and a half later... I went for it again. Um, and I remember the, the interview was a bit random because it was in a pub. Um, and basically, I said, look, I'm the best person for this job. You know that. I know that. Uh, I'm not qualified, but, you know, give me the job. Uh, and they were like, okay, we'll give you the job. Yeah. And I, and I got this job. All of a sudden, this boy with a D in physical education was now working directly for a bank in London. Uh, my mum was so happy we had a Chinese. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was like she knew that she wouldn't have to, like, look after me anymore. <laughs> Little did she know. Um, but um, while all that had been going on, um, a friend of this church, a guy by the name of Chris Lockwood, he loves to mess with you, um, he, he invited me to do a two-week mission trip to Malawi. Uh, and on that trip in Malawi, I had an amazing God experience and... Um, and Chris actually said to me, you know, Adam, uh, I want you to come to South Africa for a year. Um, so just think about it. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll think about it. Um, because why would I do that? Why would I uh, give up 
this, 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 this new direction, this new safety. This boy uh, with a D in physical education now working for a bank. Anyone who works for banks, they, you get nice bonuses and stuff. It's really good. Um, and, and, and it's like there's, there's a pathway to a secure wealth that I, would, I was never meant to have. Um, but Chris is now saying, you know, maybe God's saying come to South Africa. Um, but anyway, I, was, I kind of ignored that. And, and I got on. Things were good. You know, I was, I was, I'd started a Bible study in the workplace. I saw a girl come to faith, South African. That was random. Um, and, um, and things were good. But then, as things happen, uh, the bank was bought out. Uh, Egg um, was bought out by the Prudential. Um, and all of a sudden, I found myself in a HR room. And they said, Adam, you... Um, we can, we can get you another position over at the Prudential. Might not be the same, but we can get you another position over there. Or you can take a redundancy package. Now, I'd actually only been working for the bank for a, directly for a short period of time, even though I'd been there for years. So the redundancy package was nothing to write home about. Um, but in that moment, God was at work. <laughs> in that moment, I could feel the Holy Spirit knocking on uh, the door of my life and, and, and whispering into my, into my heart a new direction. Uh, and when I was reading this story um, that we've just read about the rich young ruler, this moment reminded me of the rich young ruler. Because God was basically saying, Adam, are you going to take the money? Are you going to take the job? Or are you going to follow me? Are you going to go with what's easy? Are you going to go with what you know? Are you going to go with what makes sense? Or are you going to trust me? Are you going to follow me? And um, I remember just kind of smiling at the girls in the HR team um, and just saying, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll take the redundancy package, thanks. And they looked so shocked. Um, and they said, you know, well, what are you going to do? And in true, you know, Christian missionary terms, I said, I'm off to Africa, you know. Because <laughs> um, Africa's one place, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and that was nearly 13 years ago. Um, and ever since that moment, I, I hope <laughs> that I've lived completely given to go where God has told me to go. Um, and, you know, just... I'm looking forward to the sabbatical to, to really recap and think about exactly what God has done. But just a quick one. I mean, he first took me to Cape Town uh, to work in some of the most disadvantaged and dangerous communities uh, in the world. At one point, Cape Town was more dangerous than Afghanistan. Um, and he took me to the prisons uh, to work with some of the most dangerous young men. Uh, he had me here in London working with the homeless uh, and the most dangerous place of all, Hamo Primary School. Um, I'll tell you, bro, those kids. Um, yeah, uh, and then lastly, he's had me back in Johannesburg in South Africa for the last three years in a township where everybody of, uh, of the color of my skin is too afraid to go um, uh, working as a youth pastor there. Uh, and, and God has used this lad 
who grew up in this church with a D in physical education, <laughs> to see many lives radically transformed and many lives saved. Um, you know the verse uh, that says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Uh, God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. I'm in, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's my testimony. Sometimes I'm standing before church congregations uh, and I'm seeing God do a work and I'm seeing people being saved and I think, you're. if only they knew what a weakling I am. <laughs> if only they knew my qualifications. They, they might not give me the time of day, but, but God uh, is at work in and through me. Amen? Um, and, and God is good uh, and and. And, and he's blessed my life and, and my ministry over the last 13 years. Um, and it was just great to have Daniel uh, come and, and taste a little bit of that the other week. Um, but I, I, I wonder what would have happened in that moment, sitting in that HR room uh, in Holborn, um, if I had said no to following Jesus. I wonder how differently the path would have looked if I had kind of said, you know what, Jesus, I can feel you at work in this room, and I know what you're doing, but mm-mm, no. Actually, that path is too hard. I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to stick with what's easy. Um, I wonder what would have happened. Friends, I felt that God wanted to encourage us this morning with a reminder that we can trust God to say yes. We can trust God to say yes. And, and I know that in the room today, there are many people that God has been speaking to now for a while. Uh, he has been knocking on the door of your life, saying something similar, like he said to that rich young ruler, sell everything, follow me. There are people in the room today that God has a big change in mind for you. And he is asking if you will step in obedience if you will follow him there. He's asking if, you're a walk, if you will walk away from what you know, what's easy and safe, what makes sense to walking in obedience to the direction that he has for your life. There are some big direction changes that God is asking of people in Elton today. And that means there's some choices to be made. Um, will we say yes to Jesus? Or will we walk away sorrowful like that rich young ruler? Some of us have been walking away for years, sor sorrowful. Friends, today is, a, is the day that we must say yes to Jesus. Amen? Amen. And I know it might seem like uh, an impossible step. And I know, I know it might seem like, hold on, but he's not given me the big picture. He's only given me this moment but that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to work it all out because we, all we have to do is trust in the God whose hand is out there saying, no, just take my hand and follow me. I'll direct you. I'll guide you. I'll work it out. Amen? Amen. <laughs> to follow Jesus in obedience is to walk in a path that God has designed and created just for you. Just for you. I would love to encourage us to make that step with a full confidence. I'd love to encourage us to, to take that step with a boldness and a bit of a London swagger. Um, 
People think I walk funny in South Africa. No, it's my, it's my London. You know, I was thinking of verses like Romans 8 that says, for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. I was thinking of 1 John 4, 4, where it says, for he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You know, I was thinking I'd love us to take that step of faith, holding verses like that and, and walk in to it like that. And if you've got that faith, then walk like that. But I want to encourage you, if you don't have that faith yet, it's fine. But what's important is that you take that step. You know, uh, Tim Keller talks about um, how the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Um, and, and I love that story. You know, just imagine there's a whole load of you standing there and you're wondering, how, how is God going to um, take us forward? You know, what, how do we take this next step? Uh, and the next thing you know, the water's kind of open like that, you know, and Tim Keller kind of says that some people would have walked down through that river like, woo, hey, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I mean, boats are too easy, of course, this is how he was going to do it, full of confidence, full of faith. Other people walk through like, oh my days, 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 you know. But they all had faith to step out. Some had great faith, some had small faith, but they all walked out and they all made it to the other side. I want to encourage us today, church, God is saying, will you follow me? Doesn't matter if you've got that great faith or that small faith, but what matters is that you take that step of trust, say, God, I'm yours, and he will direct your path. Amen. I know this is a silly question, but do you want to live a life that is blessed or do you want to live a life of sorrow? <laughs> Sounds like a silly question. But in the last 13 years of my life, of giving up financial independence, living by faith for an income, moving around the world and walking in some of the most dangerous communities where the police don't even want to go, God has been faithful. God has been trustworthy and a guide in whom I can trust to follow. Friends, I really feel that God is revealing to us now or is reminding of something he's spoken to us a while back of something that we need to let go of and to trust him and step in on him. What has he been saying to you for a while that it's time to let go of? Because that thing is holding you back. That thing is holding you back from living a blessed life. That thing is holding you black back. A bit racist. Um, <laughs> that thing is holding you back from living that life that God has intended you to live. Amen. Amen. Frigid white boy. Oh my days. Can you get it to work? I shouldn't have been in control, Dave. It's fine. That'll do. This is the next point and the last point. Don't neglect the everyday voice. 
saying, follow me. Don't neglect the everyday voice saying, follow me. I am guilty of this. <laughs> time and time again of neglecting to follow Jesus in the everyday moments. Uh, and sometimes it's because I'm too busy looking at the trophies of past obedience. Those big moments where I said yes to following Jesus in the past. Anyone got some of those? <laughs> um, but what about today? Because it's not just about those big life-altering moments that, that are obvious. It's about the everyday moments, moment-by-moment choices and decisions that we have where we can either say yes to following Jesus, which is going to lead us into a life of blessing, or we say no, and actually we walk away sorrowful. You see, the danger for someone that's made these big life-changing uh, uh, moments of obedience uh, when following the Holy Spirit is that we, we put that, that up there like an award, uh, and it's our trophy Christian moment. And because of that, we miss out on the moments throughout the day to be led by God in obedience to his leading because we put too much celebration on those other moments. Today, the Holy Spirit is crying out uh, this way, come, follow me. But we're too busy living a life, we said this game, but we're too busy living, uh, living off the victory of the past to hear the voice of victory of today. Can I say that again? Um, we are too busy living off the victory of the past to hear his voice for the victory of today. That sounds good. Maybe you can quote that or something. <laughs> I made that up. Uh, you know, Daniel was in South Africa the other week, uh, and he served us brilliantly out there. And people were blessed by his ministry. Uh, for him to come... Um, for him to come out was him walking in obedience to the call that God has put on his life. Um, but he could have come home and put his South Africa trophy on his shelf. Yeah? Uh, and he could have woke up the next day. And if he had encountered the things that he, was, that he was teaching on, the things that he understands, but he didn't outwork them, he would be walking away from those moments sorrowful, not blessed. Does that make sense? Because I changed this this morning because I didn't like what I'd wrote. Um, if there's anyone <laughs> like that here, you've had some big Christian moments. You have an award moment of obedience on your shelf at home. But if you're honest with yourself, in most of your day-to-day -day life moments, when the Holy Spirit is saying, walk this way, you're going the opposite. Let me keep explaining this, just in case it's not clear. Friends, we have to be very careful of this point that James makes in James 1. I think it's on the, the screen. James 1, 22 to 25. Uh, he says this, sorry, <laughs> it's cold. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Friends, over the last 12 years of full-time ministry, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, I've dug into this word of God. Um, my bookcase at home is full of, of Christian books. I've, li- I've looked intently into the word. I mean, this week, I was working with a, a man who's not a Christian, and, uh, and he said to me, Adam, how are you so wise? <laughs> D. Uh, well, the short answer is Jesus. Um, but the long answer is, well, actually, I've been praying for years for wisdom. It says, ask for wisdom, and it'll be given to you. Uh, the long answer is, I've been digging into this word uh, for, for a long time now, and I've learned a lot of stuff. Uh, and I'm pretty good at giving answers. Um, you can ask me something, and I, I, might, I might give you a wow answer most of the time. Um, but, but all of that knowledge and all of that understanding can actually be a way of deceiving myself. That just because I know it, I'm living it out. But just because I know it, and I even know a Greek word to really impress you. I don't know any Greek words. Um, just because I know it doesn't mean I'm living it out. And just because I know it doesn't mean I actually understand how to live it out. Understanding can be a barrier that falls us into a lie that we have something sorted out. And the old, that we are living something that actually we're not. I don't know if there's anyone else in the room like me. I think John is. He spoke about it last week, apparently, who's a pro-Christian. You know, we're pro-Christians. You've been at this thing for a while now. Uh, And at the first strum of the guitar, at the first, you're like, oh, yes, Lord, and you're already singing the song. You're already singing the song. You know, the person comes up to speak and says, you know what, I'm going to speak on the prodigal son. And you say, I know the four points you're going to bring out. I mean, Tim Keller came to my church in Cape Town and he said, I'm going to speak on the prodigal son. I was like, oh, what are you going to teach me? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, we've got pretty good at this thing. But actually, there's nothing wrong with it, but it can fool us into a lie that we're living this life we're walking in obedience, we're we, it, a lie of work following God, but we're not. We're actually not. Uh, and, you know, daily God has got fresh revelation and he's got opportunities for us to walk obediently and outwork this word obediently. But because we think we just know it or understand it, we think we're doing it, but we're not. Am I making that point clear? See, the one thing, one of the, one of the things that Daniel said in South Africa when he was doing one of his talks, he says, you know, the world needs, the world needs Jesus. Amen? Uh, the world does. It needs Jesus. Uh, but what it doesn't need is a bunch of Christians that understand the word of God, that can talk for hours on end about the word of God, but they're not walking obediently to the call of God to follow him in the moments of everyday life. They're not doing what the Word says. They're not doing what the Holy Spirit is leading them to outwork. Does that make sense? The world needs to see Christians do crazy things like cross the world 
and go into prisons, to, to be the only person of one race in another community full of another race. Um, it needs to see those things, but probably more importantly, it, it needs to see you and me, the saints, daily walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit, saying, no, 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 this way, come this way. Come this way, just, just follow me. When you're in the workplace and there's gossip just flying around and you're part of it <laughs> uh, and you're in the thick of it and then you feel the Holy Spirit saying, walk a different way. Amen. Leave that behind. Be a, be a voice of difference. Amen. When you're at home with the kids and they are driving you nuts and, you just, and you've got like this rage, like the Hulk is coming out of you um, and God is saying, hey, walk another way. That you don't need to don't need that anger. Maybe that's how you were brought up by your dad and your mum, but that's not for you. You're a new creation. Walk with me, follow me. The rubbish of this life is on top of you like a truck on your shoulders, and you're not knowing where to turn. So you're turning to pornography. You're drowning your sorrows in alcohol, or you're drowning yourself in TV and video games just to get away from it. And you know the Bible verses. <laughs> you know the, the verses that, 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 that hit home in that moment. And if a friend comes to you and says, I'm dealing with this problem, and it's the same problem you're dealing with, you'll know exactly how to encourage them. But you're not living it yourself. God is saying, follow me. Follow me. Come, leave that behind. Follow me. Walk in obedience to me. You see this, the devil doesn't care that you come to understand something. He hates the idea that you will actually outwork it. He hates the idea that you will actually walk in obedience to the word of God. You see, there's no point in understanding the need to repent. You understand that? There's no need to understand repentance. Jesus didn't say understand repentance. He said, repent. There's an action. Do it. Do you know the story of Zacchaeus? Uh, Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector, a sinful man. But when he encountered Jesus, a radical change in his life happened. He started giving money that he'd stolen. In fact, he started giving more than the money that he stole. He started giving away wealth. Didn't make sense to do that. It was a silly thing to do. But he encountered Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus, you start doing silly things that don't make much sense in the eyes of the world. And the thing is, his life was transformed. And his life was blessed. You see the difference between that and the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler still went away rich. Still went away with everything he had and he knew, but he went away sorrowful. Yeah. Friends, the Holy Spirit is busy saying, come, follow me. Walk in obedience and you will be blessed. But I really feel that instead, some of us are choosing to do the opposite and we're saying, no, actually, I'm gonna stick with what I know. Jesus, I can't do that, I won't do that. Look at my award. Look at that moment. You know, some of us, even when we came to faith, it was such a Christian award-winning moment because maybe our lives were so messed up or they were so good that when we came to faith, we put an award up there and we thought, that, that, that was amazing. 
And since then, we, we haven't broken through into another uh, area of obedience because we're still busy thinking that, well, that was amazing. The rich young ruler went away sorrowful. He chose not to follow Jesus in the moment. And you know, you know the thing about that verse, when I read it, do you not feel sorry for this guy? <laughs> I do. I just, I know that he knows he's made the wrong mistake. He knows what the right thing to do is. He knew that he should be following God. That's why he just, I just imagine him like head down, maybe a bit teary, gutted that he couldn't do what he knows he needed to do. And I felt God saying to us today that many of us are actually living sorrowful Christian lives. Many of us are living sorrowful Christian walks because we keep saying no to a life of obediently following Jesus in the everyday moments of life. I'm not talking just about the big moments. I'm talking about those small moments. We're choosing what's easy. We're choosing what we know. We're choosing a culture or a, what's that thing? No. <laughs> um, a religion in a sense, rather than a relationship. James says, persevere, and then you'll see change in your lives. And I felt God say to me that there are people here in Elton today that they're not actually content in their relationship with God. There's, there's people in the room today that are just asking questions like, there must be more to it than this. And I feel God will say, yeah, <laughs> there is. There is way more. I just, I just need you to follow me. I just want you to, to, to take my hand. I just want you to trust me, to lead you. And you, in, that mo in those moments of decision and choices, that you're, you're, you're walking in step with the Spirit, you're walking step in obedience, and you will be blessed. Today, just as we come to a close, I think we're gonna have a time of worship, no? Amen. Um, friends, I'd love us right now in this time of worship that we do some business with God. I need this message this morning. <laughs> um, we're missing out on so much because we're content with what we have. It's time to let go of that and say yes to Jesus. The world needs that. Your families that don't know Jesus need that. I was speaking to my dad the other day and saying, but Christians are so boring. And I was like, yeah, sometimes I look at my life and I think, yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I need God to do a work in me in the everyday stuff of life so that when my flesh wants to react in a certain way to my wife, my spirit will rise up and I will walk in step with the spirit and I will love her how she deserves to be loved. That when my boss is not being the boss that I want him to be, and my flesh says, just do this. My spirit says, you're more than a conqueror, Adam. You, you, 
You can do this. I'm going to equip you to do it. I mean, let's, let me just pray. And I'd love the, the team to come up. Church, let's not walk away sorrowful today. Let's not, let's not leave the same. Jesus says, give me your burdens. Take my yoke, it's light. Some of us this morning need to just put aside some things. And we need to walk in a new direction that God is leading us to. Some of us need to repent this morning. Repent means turning away from something and going a different direction. That's the direction that God is leading you to. Some of us have some big things in our lives. Maybe a change of job. Maybe a, a different approach to marriage. Today is a day to follow Jesus. And I just want to put it out there. If you're here today and you've never, you've never said, Jesus, I'm, I want to follow you. You've never said, Jesus, I'm, I understand who you are, but I, I want to give my life to you. If you've never said that, then I'd love to pray for you this morning that you would start a relationship with him and you would start a journey of obediently following him. If that's you this morning, can, can you just put up your hand so I can see you and, and pray for you? And then our ministry team might also pray for you later. If that's you, you can just raise your hand. Just through this time of, of, of response and worship, encourage all of us to pray our own prayers. But I just want to pray for that one person. Lord Jesus, I pray. Lord Father, I thank you that you take us as we are. You accept us because your grace is sufficient. Your love endures. And Lord, you want to lavish your love over this man. And I pray, Lord Father, Lord Father, thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible with you. Lord Jesus, you can take the heaviest of things. Lord Jesus, and you will equip him to walk for you.